Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress tech experts. Here's your hosts, Jonathan Denwood and Andrew Palmer. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic in This Week in WordPress and Tech. It's our first episode of 2022. I survived, well, I've kind of semi-survived the Christmas New Year. I was skiing, folks, on Wednesday, and a snowboarder took me out. Uh, um, I was hacking down. He, he rammed into me. I was heading straight for a learner group to wipe out a heavenly ski instructor and 15 children. And I took it for took it for the children. So I laid myself and I went for the biggest wipeout in my skiing career, folks. I was told that I actually somersaulted twice in the air and landed on my back. But I haven't broken anything. So I think I, I'm impressed. That's way too much adventure. <laughs> so I'm a bit, I, I was I'm impressed a, with your picture, by the way, Jonathan. Uh, so I'm a bit bruised and battered, Paddle. So if I'm more outrageous than normal, it's because I've been taking painkillers a lot. Uh, and, uh, Sa- and Sally knows what the consequences <laughs> of that is. Uh, um, so I just thought I'll, I'll warn you, panel. So I've got my excuse. And listeners, so let's go. Uh, um, so, like I say, it's going to be our first show of the year. We're going to go into a message from my major sponsor. I'll be back in a few seconds. Hi there, folks. I just wanted to tell you about our major sponsor, and that's Castos. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, you need a top-quality podcasting platform, and that's what you get with Castos. It has a superb interface, really easy to use, and you're not penalised for success. They have a flat-rate pricing structure. Don't matter how many podcasts you make, how many downloads you achieve, you'll just pray at one fixed rate with Castos. Plus there's support and just the quality of the people are just amazing. Also, for the WP Tonic Tribe, Castos is just offering an amazing deal. If you go to the WP Tonic website, backlink newsletter, you can get your first six months at half price. That's right, half price. That's only an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Also, you'll be able to sign up for the WP Tonic week newsletter which keeps you informed about all the stories and what's happening in the WP Tonic tribe. Please show your support for the show and support Castos. It's a fantastic platform. We're coming back. I just want to point out that um, Castos also got a great offer for you tribe and also there's uh, a resource that also has got some great offers and recommendations and you can get all that by going to wp tonic slash um my mind's gone blank <laughs> wp tonic slash recommendations that's it go there and you'll be able to see the cast off special offer and some other great offers and recommendations so let's go straight i'm going to let the panel quickly introduce themselves and then we're going to go straight into the first story um got a great returning guest um, got Tom Cassius. Would you like to quickly introduce yourself, Tom? Sure. Tom Finelli with Convesio, and uh, we help people scale WooCommerce membership sites and large traffic publishers. 
That's great. And I've got some great female panellists. Uh, um, so I'm going to let Heather, Heather, would you like to introduce yourself to the panel, to the tribe? Oh, she's she's gone. Heather is. Heather froze. That's a no. I think that was a no. You offended her already? I mean, geez. That was was short and sweet. Sally, would you uh, like to introduce me? Certainly. Uh, I am Sally Getch, Ryan Swiss Getch, the WP fangirl, and uh, ADD Kitty is here today. Yes. (laughs) Stephanie, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, guys. I'm Stephanie Hudson with Focus WP, where we help agencies to scale and grow by providing outsourced white label uh, staffing. Yeah. And I've got my friend, John. John, would you like to introduce yourself? John from Lockdown SEO. And I've got my friend, Spencer. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, it's Spencer Foreman from WP Launchify. And I've got Heather returning again. Heather, would you (laughs) like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm uh, Heather Wildrenzi. I am the CTO of the Difference Conference Consulting. I'm looking forward to another year, listeners and viewers. It's going to be the same targets, the same shoddy companies and individuals. I'm I'm pretty sure they will provide an endless source of stories for me and the panel to take the mickey <laughs> out of them consistently. I've got a feeling that there's no chance that the same old characters will not appear again. So we will start again. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, we will start again with a Yoast moves outside open source platform to shop, Shopify. So, Spencer, what did you think of this, this story? I mean, it was a surprise, but I actually think it's a good idea for them. I don't, I, I don't usually mm, say one product is better or worse or other as another, but it's undeniable that Yoast is one of the biggest plugins in WordPress and one of the most known brands, let's put it like that, mm. that comes with certain responsibilities and burdens of their history. So I would like, <laughs> to, I would, I would like to think of this. This is, like, did you make a New Year's resolution to be tactful? Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to take it down a notch. Um, <laughs> the, the point is that Everybody deserves a fresh start. So if you have a problem in your high school, your hometown, your college, you move somewhere else and you change your name. Well, they're not changing their name, but they're moving to a new platform. So I think this, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, is an opportunity both financially as well as reputation-wise to do things differently where maybe in the past they've done it here. Also, Shopify, worth noting, I have a lot of developer friends there. Remember, we talked about it a few shows ago in, in last year. Unlike WordPress, the developers are in a locked-in subscription relationship, right? So it's only a RESTful API. If you want stuff done, you need to pay for it on a monthly basis. So from a revenue standpoint, there's a lot of opportunity for Yoast to get their hooks into people where as long as they don't talk in public too much, they'll be fine, you know? There you go, Kelly. Yeah, I'm saying, John. You know, obviously, I've got a bit of a history. <laughs> I've got a bit of a history with Yoast personally and the brand in general. So I'm going to keep my comments to myself. So, what do you reckon, John? Um, you know, smart move uh, for Yoast, or I should say, their uh, EIG overlords uh, to branch into. Shopify, you know, Shopify really, I I see as one of the main competitors to 
the WordPress.com uh, project. It's definitely the CMS which is growing the fastest. Um, you know, for WordPress. So I, I think an intelligent move. Um, they're not going to have to worry about um, free users just piggybacking or the the freemium system of of WordPress. Uh, so I, I think this will end up uh, helping uh, that subsidiary uh, pretty well. So, uh, and but, but they're still contributing to uh, the WordPress project. So I, you know, that's that's interesting too. Um, how that's approached. Yeah, so. sure. So, what do you reckon, Eva? I think it's pretty, a pretty good move, don't you reckon, Eva? Oh, she's going to go. She doesn't like me, Heather. I think she goes. I, I think maybe it's that StreamYard doesn't like her. Yeah, uh, I don't know. What do you reckon, Stephanie? I think, uh, I mean, what took them so long, maybe? I don't know. This just seems like they've got a big plan, right? They're they're gunning for real growth. They've hit a big market saturation in WordPress, of course. Yeah. And so now then they sold the business, or, you know, they got bought out. And now they're branching out to other, I mean, I don't know. I don't find any of this shocking. I think it just totally makes sense for them to keep doing this. Yeah, I think so. I wonder who will be next. You know, it's going to, it's, this is the, this is the trajectory. This isn't a end. This is a beginning of their big moves, I would guess. So, Spence, if you can, when when Heather returns after rebooting, can you let her in? I don't know if you can. Um, I got to, yeah, let me start up the other administrator. Uh, um, So, Tom, what did you reckon about this, Tom? I was actually really surprised, uh, just given the newfold acquisition of these guys. um, I kind of wonder if this wasn't something already in the pipeline being built, but it's been six months and it's just getting released, like, I don't know what the competitive play here is for Newfold, right? And so um, I, for, in my mind, having worked at a host that hosts millions of sites, you know, hosting providers like the old EIG and Newfold guys are trying to get into the services space. And so acquiring a plugin like Yoast makes it really easy to say, hey, we've got some basic SEO service we can upsell you to for, you know, 50 bucks a month, whatever it might be, right? So acquiring that company from Newfold's perspective was, I thought, really good. They're a leader in the space. They've got tons of customers using the plugin. And Newfold could potentially roll out an SEO service standardized on dialing in Yoast for people, right? Um, But Newfold's not going to grow their hosting revenue with a Shopify base. Yeah. that's the part that I'm a do little Do you think, bit. well, do you think Newfold might be thinking, yes, but the, you know, we're kind of saturated in the in the hosting that we may not be able to grow that much in hosting and therefore, as you said, like need services? I mean, you know, if, uh, if Yoast uh, makes big money uh, from the Shopify move, Newfold is going to collect some of it. Right. Absolutely. Um, But it's probably going to be so insignificant compared to their bottom line. The, 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 I do think you're right though. Like I think that, you know, big hosting providers look at the fact that they've got millions of customers and they're like, how can I get more revenue out of these? Cause it's easier to get revenue out of existing customers than to acquire new ones. Um, So, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, yes, I, I mean, actually they, as, they can't host Shopify sites. Yeah, so. as a standalone company, though, if I was Yoast, I'd be like all for this. I'd be like, that makes total sense. Like, do something for Wix, 
you know, while you're at it. Yeah, I think they will. So, Heather, you've returned, Heather. So, what? <laughs> I have returned. So, uh, <laughs> what do you reckon? Oh, I can, in a way, yeah. by Tom was saying, in some ways, because their overlords are hosting providers in some ways, and I agree with Tom, it doesn't quite make any sense. But on the other side, it does make some good sense, doesn't it, Heather? Yeah, I mean... It's it's a good idea. I mean, the more options for them to to gain revenue and market share, uh, absolutely, that's what they should do. And um, I, I mean, I, I think moving in one at a time is is a good idea. I have I have a bit of experience with trying to go to every platform at the same time, and. <laughs> and it's not. Uh, I, I mean, I think looking and seeing where the people are and going there. Um, uh, Shopify is is where it's at now, so that's where they should go. Yeah, right. All right, on to the next story. Oh my! I, I want to say one more Next thing, one, which yeah. is just it really struck me that the only comments on this tavern post were about Google and AMP, and nothing about like Shopify or Yoast. And you would think there would have been uh, uh, more opinions. Uh, within the WordPress community. I'm, I'm surprised that crowd on the tavern even heard of Shopify. Uh, um, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, I'll get some comments on that one. Uh, um, so, on, oh, yes, on to story two. Oh, I'm going to keep my comments to, my, to myself to a certain degree. Um, US jury finds female's founder, Elizabeth Holmes, guilty. Well, Stephanie, can you do... Can you do it in her voice, though? I know you've been recovering from the virus, but I was just looking forward. So I'm going to start with you, Stephanie, if you can do the voice, please. I can't believe I'm guilty. <laughs> it's just it's the worst. This, I got, I mean, I'm just, it's so silly at this point. I'm just kind of like looking at what everybody's wearing. I'm like, finally, she's at least not wearing the black turtleneck. You know, she at least ditched her Steve Jobs. <laughs> Turtleneck. She had like one of the nicest outfits I've seen her wear. All these photos of this article. Why are they all holding hands like they're about to take a bow after a play or something? Like it's all just so bonkers. And they said like, oh, she kept her her um, composure when they read the verdict. No kidding. She's been acting for years. Like this woman has been telling boldface lies to people for how long now? Like I'm pretty sure. She could keep a straight face when she needs to, but anyway, I don't know. It's all just crazy. <laughs> I'm so tempted to say, I'm going to save it till the end. So, <laughs> so Spencer, what do you reckon about the blessed Elizabeth? I think Vince, I think she was a bit foolish. She should have just pleaded guilty and just said, I'm really, really sorry. And I think she would just got a slap on the hand, really. I never practiced criminal law, but as a <clears throat> civil lawyer, and a negotiator, I can say one of the, the consistent results we're seeing, and you, you saw this with the um, uh, Felicity Huffman and the, the lady from Full House thing, is that prosecutors are politicians. If you are facing some serious bad juju, you probably should make a deal and not fight it, because otherwise you're just giving them a platform to roast you on a spit. And it's interesting because we know the WeWork guy and his wife are living on a, a yacht in an island somewhere with the, you know, Japanese funds money. But Elizabeth's going to be going to San Quentin or wherever resort she's going to. And it's because I think she didn't negotiate a deal. I mean, even for fraud, she could have negotiated a much better result than yeah. this. 
Doesn't that track perfectly, though, with her MO? Like, she just, it's like a delusional situation. Like, you just wonder, like, she really believes, like, you almost feel like she really believes that she's not. I mean, people are vulnerable to believing Uh, their own hype. Never. Never. Uh, 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 I mean, look at just Lane Maxwell. That's a whole different level of like conspiracy <laughs> stuff. But the point is, like, pretty she, sure that name is pronounced she, Gillen. She but. she's <laughs> gonna go. She may not be dead like the other guy, but like the the results for two people in the same situation can be very different, right? And one of them is like he's gone, but the other one was like Felicity got like a reasonable but lightweight slap on the wrist is probably appropriate because she was contrite. The Full House lady, I can't think of her name right now fought it and fought it and spent millions and did hard time because they're going to make an example for their political career. This this sentence is going to be interesting, but I guarantee they're not going to just let her have six months. I mean, she's going no, to she, she She's going to do some real time, and she could have avoided it, I think, if yeah, she Lori had plead, plead, Lori guilt, plead guilt, you know, done a plea deal and, you know, said, oh, I'm totally sorry and just cried in front of the court, you know, whatever was necessary. Never say you're sorry. So, Heather, um, I think in some ways I was being, last time I brought this this up, I was being a little bit harsh on Elizabeth. Uh, But I think the reason why... Well, some ways not, not some ways. uh, um, um, But I think the reason why I'm fascinated by it, Heather, is class. Because I I come from the the worst class-ridden country in the world, Britain, right? And America, it's not in your face so much as in Britain, but it's there a lot. And I think she just kind of, I see her as a drifter supremo that believed her her own nonsense, but kind of moves from one train wreck and one, one, one scenario to the other. And that's the bit that fascinates me. What was your feelings about the whole thing, Heather? Well, I mean, she is a, I mean, I still go back to like, she hasn't done anything differently than um, a lot of other founders have done. I mean, she, she was playing by a playbook that all of the Silicon Valley uh, companies have have been taught to do like we teach this in Y Combinator. We teach this in the boot camps. Like you you have to fake it till you make it. And like I mean, yeah, she's she's a detestable kind of human being. Like people don't like her. I mean, she's it's the same thing we don't like about Hillary Clinton. You know, like we it, like like Hillary Clinton was never going to be president because people don't like her. <laughs> It's pretty hard that as a woman, you're required to be likable. And Mm. as a CEO in Silicon Valley, you are required to be an asshole. Well, yeah. I I don't don't, don't, don't agree with that. It's the role model. Yeah. But it's not every individual. But think about like Steve Jobs is her role model, right? Yes. Think about Steve Jobs as a person. Yeah. I mean, you have to be like in order to be successful in business, you have to be just the right amount of attractive and charming. And I mean, you you can't be like super attractive for a guy or a woman uh, or else people think you're dumb and you can't be like too charming or people think you're a swindler. So like you have to be in that like 
kind of like narcissistic, like confident role. Um, but if you're a woman, they think you're an ass, like bossy, like it, you're totally put off. But if you're a man, that's the sweet spot. So like if you're just the right amount of attractive and just like enough confident, then like they'll follow you to the grave. Like even if you're like this like asshole, like harasser kind of person. But like when you see an Elizabeth Holmes, it's like there's just something off. But with a guy, like that something off is forgivable somehow. Mm-hmm. I really don't agree with you there, Heather. So Tom, um my problem with her is I just want to see because I, I see you so as a as the word of reason in some way, Tom. Uh, um, beard, uh, beard that does it. So, uh, um, yeah, it's the beard, isn't it? Uh, um, so, my problem with the blessed Elizabeth is is that it's medical testing. It isn't computers or. Some app. We're talking about medical. Great, great question talk- about why we're talking about it so much. We're talking well, no, about. It's also. I mean, it's interesting that they convicted her of defrauding investors, but not of defrauding patients. Yeah, but I found out that the bar and actually Spencer would probably know a bit more. The bar to finding her guilty on that particular is much higher than the, the ones that they found her guilty. The When you look in, and I'm only going by some experts that I watched, um, but they were saying the bar of proving that three charges was actually much higher than the four charges that she was found guilty. So back to you, Tom. My problem with the Blessed Elizabeth is it's medical testing, and it was the amount of ball. BS and the sure. and also she seemed to have a panache to get bouncers, thugs, lawyers to try and intimidate anybody that realised the truth about her. Um, so those two things: it's medical plus she got the heavy mob to try and intimidate a lot of people that really mark her as a target for me. Do you? Can you understand why I'm not that in love with her? Absolutely. I mean, I think I actually was a little surprised she only got convicted on four of 11 counts. I think that was the the final, right? Like, I thought she got off. I was like, really? Uh, I mean, look, she put her competitor's product inside her product and sold it as hers. Okay. I mean, we've never seen that happen in WordPress. Uh, And and, and I mean, I I just, I think that, um, you know, here's the thing. And I, I, I disagree with that comment that this is what, you know, SF Silicon Valley startups are told to do. Like, I agree. We, we say fake it till you make it a lot, but that doesn't mean deceive. Okay. And so I think there's a line there between being positive, optimistic, and, selling something that's um, a uh, a future goal versus uh, we've done something totally deceitful in our product and we're never going to probably be able to deliver on our future goal. And now we're not sure what to do. So we're just going to deceive people and raise more money. And so um, I, I, I do think that, um, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, this is, this is a kin, look, Hey, look, we would be feeling, look at Bernie Madoff. Okay. 
we would be feeling a lot worse and a, a lot more, um, you know, prosecutorialness towards Elizabeth if she defrauded retirees out of their life savings, but she defrauded venture capitalists out of money. And so I kind of feel like, you know, she's getting off a little light at this point, given the gravity and the scope of what she's done. I think the thing that I'm looking for is I'm wondering what the ramifications of this are going to be through the VC world for startups. And this case is going to set a lot of precedent. And I think she's she was the worst possible founder, CEO that, you know, man or woman, like she did very, very deceitfully legal things and broke the bond of trust with her investors, which is the worst thing you can do. All right. So, John, so you've heard, you know, what What do you feel about things? Do you think I'm being a little <laughs> bit harsh on the blessed Elizabeth or do you think she's been lucky so far, but, the, but the, you know, her luck's coming to an end, really? I, I'm going to take this a different direction. Um, the interesting thing is Elizabeth Holmes was, was able to succeed because in her fraud, partially because she got the benefit of the doubt in so many ways. Uh, you had people like Mad Money Jim Cramer singing her praises, you know, saying she's the next Steve Jobs. She adopted this, you know, kind of female Steve Jobs persona with the black sweatshirt and all that. But, you know, these VCs willingly lined up to give uh, her money and, and invest in that. Now, I know that it's difficult for, for women. It is definitely um, easier to get funded if you're a guy in tech. Um, but it's an interesting thing. She, she, you know, did receive the benefit of the doubt uh, in, in a lot of ways. And I'm going to share this stat with you here. Um, in 2020, uh, black founders received only 0.6% of all VC money. Uh, and in the first, in, in 2021 so far, they've received 1.2%. Uh, so I'm going to posit to you that even though she was a, a woman and that's uh, a disadvantage, uh, definitely in the tech world because it is kind of built for white guys. And you can see our panel now, it's all white people. Um, I think that she was able to benefit from uh, that one attribute that she you know, was born with. Um, and I would challenge people in the VC world or anybody who's in a position of power to invest more in underrepresented groups mm. because, and you would probably avoid some of some of these types of situations. I'm just going to give um, Heather the opportunity. You see Heather, I do understand, but where I, where I fundamentally disagreed with you, Heather, is that I think people, they promote the good things about their product and service. Well, I do. And I don't volunteer the information about the bad bits, uh, um, the bad news bits. And um, I think most sensible lawyers, they do the same. They would they would give the evidence that helps their client and not promote the bad evidence. That's very different to outline, you know, brutal lying, brutal. Um, misrepresentation of facts, of manipulating data. 
I really think she really went down a road in a big way, Heather. So how how would you respond to that, Heather? I mean, she she is someone that is like extremely narcissistic. Um, that she's extremely naive. That like did not finish school. That like. I mean, the, she could have benefited from a lot of uh, advice from good people um, and was, I mean, if, if you paid, <laughs> sorry, um, if you paid attention from, uh, to the trial at all, you, you saw like the path that she went down was that um, she was naive and brainwashed. I don't think she was uh, as naive as she was playing it off, but I mean, she was 19 when this started. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, if you pay any attention to TikTok at all, you see like all of these 19 year olds are very impressionable and, and they think they know everything. I don't remember how stupid I was at 19, but I mean, I'm sure I was very, very stupid at 19. But you didn't think you were at 19. Exactly. Well, none of us do, but I'm really glad that there was no social media when I was that age. Exactly. And so like, I, so one of the things that uh, recently, um, I, th- I think, I can't remember which one, it, which of the the stars said it best. Oh, actually, no, I think um, Billy Billy Eilish hosting SNL recently uh, put up a picture of herself at 16 years old, and she's like, "Guys, I'm having to live my life in front of you, and all of the choices that I'm making." as a teenager and as a woman, as I'm growing up, like you're judging me for all of this that I'm going through before I'm a a formed human. And like, this is not fair. Like I'm having to live my life, like with these decisions that I know every day are stupid. And like, I I do, I do understand where you're coming from, but that the instant response to you saying what you've just said is that these people volunteer to have that examination it's not imposed upon them well no part of it is that we as adults like the adults that bought in like especially the like most of her board are like grandfathers like they were people that should know that she was 19 years old kind of gross when you think about what yeah but but i mean like the fact that she wasn't a formed human (laughs) at that point in time Mm. Like I mean, the blame well, is on both sides. Yeah, I, I think. Something else here, yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. I think, um, like, if you if you really start to think about the scenario, like, if we could take Elizabeth sort of out of it, but if you're going to do something that truly is revolutionary, like, if you want to create something that does make people's lives better, that it does, but it doesn't exist yet. Right. So you have this idea. How do you bring that into existence without raising a ton of money for it? And it's like there's this journey where at what point do you realize, like, it's not going to work. And now you're uh, tens of however much you are in debt when you realize, what do you do? Do you just keep pushing like we can get there or like through any sort of fundraising process to develop new technology? You're going to have to be a hustler, not like in a entrepreneur way, but I mean, like you're going to have to hustle some people and convince them that your idea, which doesn't exist, might exist. Yeah, but the, this fu- whole thing. but the funny thing is it was all unnecessary because 
It's a bit like WeWork, because at the core of WeWork, there is a good business. And at the core, you know, all they needed to have said is that, you know, we had this big ambition, but this testing for these 100 or 200 isn't going to, we're not going to be able to do that. But we still feel that we can improve the blood testing industry a considerable bit and we've pivoted and this is what we propose to do. And and if she was more mature, maybe that would have happened. It would have. Uh, uh, that, it, it might not too. I mean, it's not no, that she but, doesn't deserve to go to jail. It's just that I don't know that she deserves to go to jail any more than a number of people no, uh, right, like no, Mr. No. Newman who have not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to go for a break. Uh, we'll be back with um, some other great stories, listeners and viewers. We'll be back in a few moments. Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power of WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding? Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Elementor or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. Plus, if you go to the WP Tonic website, backlink newsletter, you'll get an amazing deal of the Launch Flows lifetime deal. I think you almost get a third off, which is just amazing. And it's just an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Please show your support for Launch Flows, who's a sponsor of the WP Tonic podcast and for the show itself. It's much appreciated. I'm Bertha, an AI-based writing assistant to help you write better content on your WordPress website. In just a few clicks, you can ask me to help you write outstanding content for your website that's guaranteed to convert from blog posts to landing pages to product pages. Never be left with that blank page again. You can try me for free on Bertha.ai. See you soon. We're coming back. The panel will be excellent. I've tried not to interrupt so much. Um, if you want to sign up for the WP Tonic weekly newsletter, just go to any of the episode pages and you will be able to sign up for that. And I do a commentary on normally on the on the Friday show, we have links to all the stories that we talk about and extra stuff. It's a great newsletter. Please sign up for it. So let's go on. Oh, God. <laughs> I have to watch what I say here. Um, sorry, sorry. Um, right. Ken Matt Merwick saved the internet. Right, who are gonna choose let's choose Spencer? What uh, then there's a second one. This there was a video plus a written piece about the great leader's thoughts about the, how he is the saviour, the the second coming of the internet. What do you reckon? What do you reckon, Spencer? Has he been can chosen? He, can, he, can he do it? Will he <laughs> personally save the internet like Iron Man? Uh, <laughs> I thought the article was interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all. Interesting color choice on the artwork and the shirt. I don't know if that was intentional, but as a graphic person, I was fascinated with the 
array of colors and directions, you know, going on there. Um, as an aside, they did mention his his penchant for vitriol. I'm quoting the word. I love the word vitriol. But the idea is they acknowledge in the article that he's this Clark Kent, mild-mannered person, except there have been some instances in the past which we all have talked about that are no longer. Uh, and I found that that's fascinating because it's very rare that a writer who doesn't know the person could find that kind of stuff out. So David Pierce, kudos for having at least pointed that out. But the rest of it is interesting because it, I did watch the State of the Word and, you know, he he put on the Matt Mullenweg, mild-mannered CEO kind of thing in the room of everybody. Um, my My opinion is this. This is the year, this is like what I've been talking about here. This is the year where WordPress moves from a DIY platform into a commercially viable ecosystem with a focus on enterprise and a lot of people vying to buy up all of the plugins and all of the components. And I think Tom knows what I'm talking about, and I've talked about this on the show, that we have passed the point where a little tinkerer in their garage is going to come out by themselves with anything for very long, because as soon as they sort of poke their head above the ground, somebody will swap them, you know, snap them up. And that's a necessity. But it's also the beauty of the system, because for right now, this is the California gold rush in WordPress. And Matt Mullenweg has his work cut out for him this year, because Automatic has been buying strategic things, but mostly burying the bodies in their backyard, right? Like, Zero, no BS CRM, and there's a couple other companies. They get bought up, they get a news article, and then they disappear. I think that that's a very interesting world we live in. Or they get rebranded as Jetpack whatever. Well, they either get put in a Jetpack or they get buried. And so what I'm saying is I think this year we're going to see Automatic getting some stiff competition from other people and other entities that are trying to consolidate the things that will make WordPress a platform, a true platform versus a backyard barbecue. And so that is to me the point of this article that can he lead automatic and his investors in this versus is he the person that the rest of us are following? Because I think it's without saying that none of us here are, are waiting to hear what Matt has to say. We're all just doing our thing. Matt represents his interest in automatic and that's enough. Say, so John, what was your take on the blessed leader's vision of saviour of the internet then? Oh, the inter- the internet is, uh, in general, is, is um, I just seen somebody say this, that uh, it's moving toward, um, instead of being free, it's, it's, it's more about everything getting bought up or, uh, in the case of Web3, uh, <laughs> selling you things or, producing ownership for things you can't own. I, you know, I, I, it's funny to me that uh, in the protocol article, he has all this vitriol for uh, Zuckerberg and, and some of these other tech leaders uh, calling them dictatorial. And it's, that's what you, you are um, it, in this. Um, the 43% of the internet thing, I mean, and, and I'll bring this up again and again, the, the number that they care about is the wordpress.com. 
share. And we don't know what that share is, but that's where the valuation of automatic comes from uh, primarily. And so they're trying to compete against things like uh, Wix and Squarespace and Duda. Uh, shout out to Dudacon, all, uh, all uh, white guys uh, on their uh, festival. Um, you know, whether he can get there or not, I mean, that's the big question. Uh, but the web itself doesn't need a savior. The web itself uh, will always uh, have different people that, uh, you know, innovate and and keep it open, uh, I would hope. I, I, I think that, you know, the web two uh, era with Facebook and stuff like that is, is really, it was cool at first, but it is kind of a step backwards. I, I don't see WordPress getting to something like 60% share. I don't think it'll ever happen. Um, you know, I understand why he's doing what he's doing. He wants to be like Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg. And I understand that, but yeah, that's, that's basically all it's about. And, you know, we're just yeah. doing our thing. So, Heifer, um, I kind of see, because this, uh, I see kind of linked to this term Web3 that's banded around, like the days where Web2 was banded around. I do really see something substantial around blockchain, about re actually removing the need of somebody like Matt Baronweg and remo removing the need of automatic. But on the other hand, when it comes to crypto cryptocurrency, I see a lot of that as being the worst of the web in the early days of 2000. I see a lot of drifters, con artists, really being attracted to cryptocurrency. But and um, but I think um, I think he's taking his own kulag a bit too much. Really, what, what did you what do you what I've just said and the interviews in general, Heather? Um, well, I mean, every time you say Web3, I'm just like, I roll my eyes. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, and as a CTO, like my, my company's like, we need to build Web3 into every project. And I'm like, no. Um, how cliche. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a thing. Like, I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, that's like, can you please add some viral to this video? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> why? I don't, I don't, like, not everything needs to be a DAO, guys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as somebody that actually lived in an RV and on a boat and did the whole, like, oh, it's, like, I, I had my router that connected to, like, every mobile possible hotspot and Wi-Fi, like. Uh, that was my I favorite part of this article, that whole part. Yeah, like, I did RV. that. I did that in 2008, like way, way to be ahead of the curve there, Matt. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's good that he's trying to like be one of the people now. Um, and yeah, I, I, I mean, he needs to see what's out there. Cause that's like, he, he's a developer at heart. And I mean, that, that's what you need to do. Like you need to tinker, you need to, you need to see all of the new hotness in order to make your company grow. And um, I mean, automatic is running automatically. Like, I mean, it's, it's going, he's bored. 
the the problem is like whenever I start to tinker when I'm in a company, that means it's time for me to move on. So what I read in this is that like he's done. Like there's he's he's looking for something new. That's what I got from this article. You think he's getting out? I think that yeah. I mean I don't think he necessarily knows that he is yet. <laughs> but Heather knows. Listen, Heather has cited TikTok, uh Billie Eilish, and she was She's on TV twenty years before like she lived on a Heather's boat. Heather knows Heather has had the coolest life. Um <laughs> <laughs> You might be look so boring. I mean, man, my, I do. I I see him showing up in the post status Slack channel uh, lately, which is interesting to me because oh, you never come on this show, though. It's, really? it's rather surprising when you're you're just chit chatting with well, you know, there's Yostas and there a bunch of other people, but like all of a sudden, Matt pops in and makes a comment. It's sort of like like you're having a a party in the basement and your parents come home. No, but that that's the thing, like. I know like when I'm in a company, when I've built it and when I suddenly have made myself redundant, I mean, not that like, like when I'm like the person that has built the company and I've made it so good that it doesn't need me anymore. Suddenly I start looking for projects and I'm like, oh no. Like, I mean, yeah. Like, and I'm the kind of person that like, I need something to do, but like, if yeah, if the thing that I've done is so good, like if my kid's gone to high uh, gone to college already, then like I, I I need to like start building that hydroponic garden in the backyard, or I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, are you saying you want to have another kid? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's why I have six companies I, going I have right now, and I started my nonprofit. That. Like, I mean, I've got my I've got my nonprofit that I'm already starting for like that I'm building up so that when I leave my current company, I've already got that going, you know, right. like and I, that that'll just see me through the end of the rest of my life. <laughs> so, so Tom, bless you, Tom. Uh, um, so um I see in and I see it in myself a bit. There, there's there's like three Jonathans. There's competing Jonathans in my head. Um, don't worry. I don't think I'm schizo yet. Schizo yet but there are definitely competing Jonathans there's going time. on. And I see this so clearly in Matt. There, there's kind of multiple Matts in the same person competing. And that ends up, in a bit of a can end up in a bit of a hot mess, can't it? Am I being is there's any is there any anything in that observation, or do you think I'm really gone off the the big end? Well, what is the other Jonathan? <laughs> well, <laughs> one of the one of the most interesting parts to me of that whole conversation was the when he got pinned down on, you know, but wait a second, he was talking about like DAOs and, you know, open source and, and the interviewer was like, well, wait a second, but Automatic is a company that you run and you're sort of the head of that company. And he's like, yes, but we make software that is anyone can use. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's oh, an yeah. interesting, oh, oh, that's oh, an interesting yeah. dilemma. The, of, the, uh, the interviewer in that little video clip that Jonathan uh, uh, linked for us, she was good because she kept pushing him on, did, on yeah. that. And there is an inherent contradiction 
That's right. In wanting something to be open and simultaneously wanting to dominate it. Yeah, there is. And here's the thing, I think, Jonathan, from you know my perspective. Like one, um, I forget who said it was Heather or Stephanie, you know, like um, you know, part of the role of a CEO is to be different, wear different hats, right? And one of those hats is a visionary. And Matt is a tinkerer, and that's probably one of the ways he expresses his creativity. And I know when I tinker, I get new ideas that I can incorporate into the vision of my company. And so I think that a lot of this, the concepts of Web3 right now are so early and being formed. But I'll tell you a quick Christmas story, okay? So I the round children Web3 epiphany. Over Christmas, you have you, you haven't told, have you? I what? <laughs> you haven't, have you? <laughs> I, have, I have. And uh, so we got my kids. I actually wanted a Christmas party and regifted it to my kids, an Oculus Quest. Okay, and it was the first time I had really experienced VR, and I now understand why people are so why big companies like Facebook and lots of large brands are very, very interested in the metaverse. Okay. Um, I really, really do think that I don't know what the time frame is. I'm not going to be as bold to predict it, but there is going to come a day where like we spend a ton of hours on our phone, we're going to be spending a lot of time in VR. And it, maybe it's not our generation, maybe it's the next generation, but it is coming because the 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 virtual reality world with remote working distributed workforces there is a and it being so early in this technology it has the ability to make everyone local but yet be completely distributed and so that is one of the promises and the foundation of a lot of the stuff we're seeing that makes web3 web3 like nfts you know, DAOs, all of these things I think are going to converge with VR. And so um, I, I think that it's right if you're the visionary of a big company to be thinking about the implications of these things. Um, I think Matt thinks he's maybe well positioned, maybe overly well positioned to leverage this. And there's this crazy narrative of like, this might save the web, right? But, um, you know, I do think that this is part of his job as a visionary is to be looking at web three and how it might benefit them. And um, yeah, I, I think that that's going to be a big deal in the coming years. Stephanie, my blessed Stephanie. I lost hey, the title, Stephanie. Why is everybody blessed? I lost the title. Uh, you know, I, I, but do you, I do sense, because I do sense it in myself and I don't want to over emphasize. I don't hear voices, but I, there are different, I don't know how to put it, different sides of my personality, Stephanie. There's different, and they compete with one another. You know, there's a good side, there's a bad side, there's an indifferent side, there's a selfish side. the little side. angel here and the little devil. Yeah, you know, it's always, and I, but at least I'm aware. And I just sense in Matt, there, there's an element, oh, I really want, I really want Automatic to go public and make, Tons of money, and then then there's the hippie side, you know, the open web, you know, you know, we're around the bond like the old days of WordPress, where we were all hacker 
developers and it's all going to be opens. It just seems to be totally competing parts to Mac, Mac that w- when you put them all together, it doesn't really make a lot of coherent sense. What well, do you... I mean, aren't we all... Like, anybody interesting and anybody successful is a little bit like that, right? Unless they just were born into money or something. But, I, I mean... I don't know. I, you guys always have such deep thoughts about all these things that I never do. But the fact that this guy is such a geek and he likes to tinker with like, okay, so Heather's like, I've been there, done that. But to me, I thought that was awesome. I think it's awesome that you did it too, Heather. But like, he's like networking together all these things and playing with the hardware in addition to the software. And then he's quoting Plato and other philosophers. And he's th- like, I don't know. I just... I find him to be just such a fascinating person. It's like you read these random little snippets of things that that he says, and it's like, to me, I just can see that he is such a phenomenally intelligent person. That's what that's how what I read between those lines. Does that translate into somebody who is good? I don't know. You know what I mean? Not necessarily. Anybody with enough power or enough ego, no matter how smart you are, whatever you bad, but. In fairness, yeah. Stephanie, I wasn't making any assertion that he's good or bad. I'm making no, no, I know I'm making the insertion that there's a. It seems to be all over the place. That's what I was. Yeah, I feel like that all the time too. Don't you? I mean, isn't that kind of what you were just saying? Like you feel all these conflicting things inside of you. Like, aren't all of us in this entrepreneur space and in this crazy world of oh, new no, I, I've things? Of, uh, We're all I, a little I, bit like that, aren't I, we? I just, as, want to make, I just want to make some money. So, I, I... As, as, as humans, uh, we have a remarkable capacity for strongly believing two completely incompatible things at once. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't. So, yeah, well, I, I think we're going to have to cut the story short because we don't. I don't want this being war and peace. So, we need to go on to our recommendations of the week, and um, my one's a book called "The Fourth Turning: An American Prophecy." It's about long-term trends and how trends repeat themselves in in about an 80-year cycle. It's written by two two authors that are two very interesting guys. I will have the link in the show notes. I recommend you either listen to it, on all, which I did. Um, I've, I've listened and read the book about four or five times. It, it, gives, um, it gives balance to what's happening in um, America at the present moment. So, Heather... Have you got a recommendation for the tribe? Um, it's more of a request. So oh. I'm looking for uh, mentors for um, my uh, nonprofit. Uh, any kind of anyone that's listening that can help, uh, that wants to be a mentor uh, for uh, a whole bunch of eager, eager students. Uh, any If you're a developer, uh, if you're a business person, if you are, um, if you know anything at all, that you've learned in your career. Well, that's, <laughs> These... that, that's me out of it, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, um, I'm finished. I? The, <laughs> These people want to learn. Uh, my nonprofit is called Serenzi Global. Um, we do technology education for underserved and underprivileged individuals. Uh, and uh, the majority of the students uh, this year are in um, African nations. 
Um, and uh, I mean, but they're all around the world and um, they're extremely eager, eager to learn. Our mentors have uh, a very low lift, um, usually like no more than like an hour or two a month. And uh, it's all on your time. So um, yeah, so I will put a link in the chat for uh, yeah. anyone that would like to help. And Spencer, if you can make sure that's put in the Slack channel, that might be yep. appreciated. So Spencer, have you got a recommendation in the new year for our beloved tribe? I do. It's more uh, hats to Sally, but I think I'm already there. Um, my friend Munir Kamal uh, just launched themes.gutenberghub.com, which is a rebake of the uh, theme directory with an eye towards the reality that Gutenberg themes in particular can have all kinds of little clever things, like, for example, having the color schemes changeable by using an XML file. So I think that, along with that frost idea that we talked about before the holiday, are steps in the right direction towards somebody else taking charge of how we find plugins and themes and how it all works, because we just can't sit around waiting for it to happen from automatic. I mean, there's just a better way to do it. So this is something that's a real clever spinoff. And I think Justin Tadlock had written an article about this in the Tavern a day or two ago as well. All right, I have to read that. I always like reading Justin's stuff. Um, Sally, have you got something for the tribe? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, uh, if you have clients like mine who send you tiny little inappropriate uh, 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 images and, and want you to use them as your featured image on your posts when you've told them a million yeah, times. Tiny inappropriate images from people before, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, not that kind. Um, oh. uh, 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 <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, here's this 640 by 480 image. Can you use this one as, as the featured image that, you know, I've told you a thousand times, needs to be at least 1200 by 632. Um, and, uh, you know, it's time consuming and annoying to uh, try to uh, get a, a larger version uh, or the original or for them to actually send it as an attachment and not in the body of the email. So uh, one thing that will help you out if you are in that situation uh, are the products at Topaz Labs and in particular, there's one called Gigapixel AI, and um, it will enlarge your images and make them sharper at the same time. Uh, they also have a, a couple of other things, a, a sharpen uh, and a, and a denoise and some stuff to go with it. But really, the, the Gigapixel is the one I have been relying on. Uh, yeah, and also say, I think I've done quite well controlling myself in this episode, being I'm on painkillers, because the last time... I took a fair bit of legal drugs. It was quite a wild <laughs> show. You were on it, weren't you? And I think John was. It was quite I think you should make it a habit. Maybe yeah. a little touch. I've been very like controlled, you've been, you've, you've been very mellow, Jonathan. Yes. I have. I mean, because it was a wild show last time I was on drugs, wasn't it? Uh, um, so. This show brought to you by Codeine. Um, <laughs> exactly. exactly. I've been watching Dopestick lately too, so this is all very interesting. So, Stephanie, have you got something for the tribe? As a matter of fact, I do, tribe. Uh, I have an app that I found called Crisp, K-R-I-S-P dot A-I, and it is a noise canceling, and I have used it for both directions. I have uh, my assistant, do I, do I need to use it, Stephanie? Well, we might need to cancel a little more than your background mm. noise. 
Jonathan. I don't know. Anyway, I have my assistant who we co work a lot. She has like some kind of fan or something that like I was getting headaches after working with her and I put this on, you just click the button and it's gone. Like it's magical. And then people say that um, after talking to me, Stephanie. They have a headache? Yeah, I get that. And then also on my mic, like now people don't hear my cat or, you know, the lawn being mowed next door, all that kind of stuff. It, It blocks it all out. So super useful for lots of things in our Zoom and video conferencing. Yeah, world. I can see a few of my clients using that on me quite a You have some free, you get like a cup, a few hours free a month. Well, and then know. the paid version is pretty reasonable too. So, oh, well, that sounds really good. John, my beloved friend, John, have you got something for the tribe? Blessed John. <clears throat> yeah, this is an article that uh, was in my uh, pocket uh, suggestions a couple of weeks ago. And this is, uh, I'm a black woman who presents as white. Here's what white people feel comfortable saying to me. And this lady is black. Her parents are black. You laugh, but it's funny. But she passes as white. And she's like, here's all these awful things that people feel comfortable saying to me. And it's really eye-opening. Well, honestly, it's a lot of stuff. But anyway, just go read it. It's, It's pretty cool. Oh, I'll make sure the link's there for Uncle Spencer. Yeah, it's I'll make sure. Spencer. I'll make, yeah, I'll I make, posted it up there. I, right. What happened is she, this, I'm reading the article now, but like this, she says like um, albinoism or something? Or how did it work out? <laughs> Recessive gene. I'm a, oh, my God. No, I'm she, she has, I, I just she has great, great, great grandparents like practically every, every uh, uh Black person in America. Well, I don't think about what Heather said about if I had had a, a social media account when I was 19. And we have I'll to be, think uh, about why that is. And that's a, a whole awful truth, too. Yeah. You know? Thank, yes, thank God I didn't have one. So, Tom, Tom, have you got a recommendation for the tribe? Tom? Oh, something much, much more tame than some of these things. I found a really, really good. Uh, phones, virtual phone system, which is kind of popular out there, but it's called Open Phone. And if you've ever struggled with like Teams, phone systems for Teams, routing calls, IVRs, this thing is awesome. Text messaging, it's a really, really killer, easy to use, very affordable platform for telephony. So, oh, that sounds really interesting. Thanks for that, Tom. Um, we're going to wrap up the show. I want a quick chat with Tom, if he's got a moment with me. Uh, um, and um, thanks for joining the first show. Um, if you really want to get involved, join us on the WP Tonic Mastermind Facebook group page. Uncle Spencer, myself, and some of the other panel moderate it. And I'll be putting more content on that in the new year. Or and join us on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. That's really a great way to see. I put a ton of stuff on there. I'm all over the internet tribe. <laughs> all over there. Um, we'll see you next week for another great roundtable show. We we'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.